I'm pretty sure if you're a seasoned parent that you were making a really good point to one of your kids and they just gave you this blank look like, I don't get it, or I'm intimidated. Happened to me, I remember the first time I did this, uh, I was looking at my son, our firstborn, he was three and a half, maybe four. He had done some three and a half or four-year-old foolish thing, and I just looked at him. I said, what were you thinking? And he just looked at me. He had these these eyes, these big eyes that just looked at me. He didn't say anything. He just looked at me. And I thought, <laughs> why am I asking him that? He's a little kid. He wasn't thinking. He's, he's a boy doing stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are just those moments where we're not getting through we're not understanding, and we certainly aren't communicating. Oh, yeah, John. I, I remember well, just my daughter. She's more sensitive to tone, and I've realized this over time. And she, she does admit to it. I was talking about chores, and I was somewhat intense about it. <laughs> I'm so guilty of this. <laughs> right. So guilty. And I let the family know, hey, we have a lot of things we need to be taking care of in the home, and I called out Alex and Lexi and just us and said, hey, let's conquer this home. And my daughter just looked really, uh, actually kind of upset. Hmm. She said, Dad, are you okay? Are you, are you stressed out? And I said, no, I just am a little intense because I want us to get this done and then go have fun and play. We need to conquer this together so as a we can family. Go play. Let's yeah. go play. <laughs> I think this, our house is conquering us right now, hmm. and I want us to be able to do this together as a family. Yeah. And I realized I could have said it differently. I came in with stress and a little louder in tone, and I smiled at her and said, was this a little hot for you? Is it a little spicy? <laughs> and she said, yeah, Dad, could you tone it down a yeah. bit? She could see the intensity in my face. So I really watch out. I have to look at what I'm doing in the moment when I'm trying to communicate. What is it that I want my daughter, my son, my family to hear from me? Sometimes we're just not going to get it right. Yeah, well, and body language is a big part of communication. And by the way, I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our Focus on the Family Parenting team. And we're going to hear now from Becky Harling, who spoke with Jim Daly about uh, body language as we communicate with our kids. You mentioned in your book uh, an experience you had with your daughter where she would say, why are you so angry with me? And you were like, I'm not. And I'm then not you went and all. looked in a mirror. What was that? Yeah. Well, okay. So, <laughs> that was so, pretty daring of you. Right. I, I mean, sometimes I can be pretty intense, right? I go for a goal or I write or whatever. And what I realized is that my face was expressing an emotion that I wasn't feeling. So I literally went in front of the mirror and practiced happy faces, you know? <laughs> Because oh, we've all made jokes about that angry mother look, right? And I didn't want to have that. Yeah. What would you say to the parent who feels like they can't help themselves? You know, that shocked face. I think you give them the insight to get into a darker location when yeah, you're talking I do. to your kids. I do. Especially with teenagers. You know, if you if they're opening up to you and you appear shocked, they're going to shut down immediately, right? So I found with our kids when they were teens, the best place to talk to them was in the car, you know, where I would uh, avoid a shocked face because I was looking ahead. They were looking ahead at where I was driving and they would pour out their heart and even if I <laughs> that felt pretty shocked, funny. Stop, mom, stop. <laughs> right. You're going to hit that thing. <laughs> you have to be careful, right? So I, yeah, so I, you know, but you really have to work on that as a parent um, and so the that they will open up to yeah. you. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a good. I don't even know that we're that mindful about it. No, um, I don't think we are. Jean, one time, I remember she said, because, you know, I, I'm pretty big. And she would say to me when the boys were younger, she said, you've got to get smaller. Because yeah, I, I think that. you're intimidating the boys. Because, you know, just standing up and having a big frame. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, she was noticing, I wasn't, that they were like looking at me like, what's dad about to do, right? And you, look, I've never abused my children or anybody's well, children. But <laughs> it, when you stand up, especially as a dad, if you, if you are bigger, yeah. you've got to realize what that looks like to them. <laughs> wow. You know, there's an interesting verse in the Bible that I love. It's in Psalm 86, 1 in the New Living Translation, and it talks about God bending down to listen. Yes. And I love to think of that verse with kids because, you know, when my grandkids come over, they come racing in the house, my eyes light up to see them, and then I get down on my knees and I look to them, you know, eye to eye or give them a hug, but you're getting down on their level, and I think that's huge for Kids. And I've noticed when you do that with kids, I meet a lot of children, the people that come and visit Focus, yeah. which we extend that invitation to everybody, especially in the summer. Yeah. Come and see the campus. we got a great welcome center. But the kids will be with the mom and dad, and I'll try to get down. And yeah. it's amazing how they're so quiet until you do that. And yeah. when you get down and on a knee in front of them, then all of a sudden they start opening up, right? Yeah. And they yeah. start talking to you. It's I really interesting. That. It is. Yeah, Becky, on this nonverbal, is that why driving allows a child to especially a teen to feel a little safer with me while we're talking that yeah. just seems to be where we can have better conversations Absolutely. only if you're a good driver <laughs> yeah right if yeah. you're a good driver <laughs> feel safer right I, I remember one conversation with one of my teens where i said well let me pray about that and they're like mom don't close your eyes <laughs> as but, if yeah. right <laughs> right but i think when they're looking out the front windshield they're not looking eyeball to eyeball with you and as much as we like to encourage kids to have good eye contact Contact. It's not always prudent in the teen years. Take some pressure off. Well, our nonverbal communication is just vital. We have to keep this in mind and take it to heart, uh, as Becky was sharing there. What are some nonverbal cues that we tend to be guilty of, Danny, without even realizing it? There are plenty, John. And I, I really appreciated what Becky said and that she learned my, her face was expressing an emotion she didn't feel. Mm. I love that she said that. Many times we don't realize this, and we need to listen to what our kids are telling us. One of them is the rolling of the eyes. That's one that parents are very guilty of <laughs> many times. I've seen it in the counseling office. They'll mm -hmm. say, hey, guys, you, see, you just rolled your eyes, and then I get to see the parents doing the same thing. Another one is just a scowl when they're thinking or when they're being task-focused as parents. They're thinking about many, many things, and they're misinterpreted. That's when you hear the kids say, is there something wrong? Are you okay? Did I do something? Those are the questions I'll get. Another one is the zoning out, where a parent is in such a deep thought that the, the child sees, I'm not important to my mm. parent. That's what they're seeing. When the, the parent's trying to be present and doing many things in, in their mind. I'm guilty of all three so far. Keep going, please. <laughs> I feel great. That's fantastic. <laughs> so one of the things that I love to do uh, with my own family, and I've done this in the counseling office, is the go to the mirror exercise. Mm. That is, if you're going to talk about something that has some level of intensity, go stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself on what you look like when you're trying to communicate something that has some type of emotional intensity to it and have your child look at themselves as well. And then talk about it. What did you notice in your own face, in your own nonverbals as you were trying to communicate? 
and uh, it really can give you some great insight. Okay, now this is probably not the application you're thinking of, but in our bathroom we have two mirrors, and I'm thinking if I've got a hard conversation, just bring the kid in. Here, you take that mirror. I'll take this mirror. We'll both look in the mirror at the same time. Is yes, that what you're saying? That's correct. Oh, I thought you were saying just practice ahead of time. No, no, no. You're saying no. have the real conversation, both of you, in front of a mirror. While you're looking at yourself. Oh, that's an excellent So that you idea. manage you. Yeah. Well, and get the communication across. I could see this um, devolving into something kind of fun, too. I mean, it, it, yes. if you have the right chemistry with that kid, there might be some really funny moments that come out of this. And I had a couple, John, that came to my office recently. The, the husband is super intense, and he knows that his eyes go wide open. And he just, you can see his wife fold in a bit. Mm. He's so intense. And I said, hey, how about you guys go in front of the mirror, talk about some of these things you're wanting to discuss. And I talked to the, the husband. Look at the intensity you bring to the mm. conversation and try to bring it to a level that you would think your wife would appreciate as you're trying to communicate with yeah. one another. And the wife was so appreciative. She said, yes, he's so intense. She was laughing. They did it uh, that week and, and came back and, and reported that it was very helpful. Mm-hmm. They enjoyed it, but they laughed. Okay. They enjoyed some lightness to a conversation that tended to go towards an argument, but it was able to bring down some of the the, the heaviness to that, and they were able to talk through it. All right, so there's there's this testimonial that have your conversation in front of the mirror works, and uh, I want I want you to try it with your child, and then uh, let us know. Send us a note. Tell us that worked, and we had fun with it, perhaps. Well, Becky Harling has a terrific book. It's a wonderful resource to get no matter how long you've been a parent, no matter how old your kids are, How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. We're making that available today uh, when you make a generous donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. We're listener-supported. We rely on your generosity, and uh, we're committed to making every effort to be good stewards with any contribution you make today. We'll continue to make podcasts and offer help, uh, offer free counseling to those who need it, uh, all because of friends like you who donate. Uh, So uh, make that contribution today and request the book by Becky called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Details are in the show notes, and we're also going to link over to a short article called Tools for Listening to Your Team, which offers some practical thoughts on how to communicate better with your team. It's going to augment what you heard today. More from Becky next time about how she's navigated some tough scenarios in her family. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead, and full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.